0: excelsior ladies and gentlemen your afc East 2023 2024 champion buffalo bills Woo! let's so, give it up let's give it up for us so for us i was you were the one telling me it wasn't
1: gonna happen let's give it up for us getting this right right let's give it up for for me being associated with a show that that predicted. That the Bills not only were going to win the AFC East, but that also the ga- the division was going to come down to Week 18, mm-hmm. and uh, that they were going to win their last
0: uh, five games. So, so let's go, Duffalo, the Odyssey yeah, get your Podcast. His name is Ryan Duffy. Hi, trying to take credit for my brilliance. I mean, it, it's it's success by association. My name is Pat Duffy. That was the biggest regular season win of the Sean McDermott era. Hands down. No doubt. No doubt. Like that win in Miami to end the drought was fun and all. Right. And like by the end of the night, it had a lot of significance. Of course. But uh, I think a lot of people forget that night. The end of that game, you still needed help. Yeah. Like the Bills didn't walk off the field as the uh, wild card you know, participant.
1: Right, everyone was happy. You know, they they put up numbers against uh, against the Dolphins in Miami on their their you know their throwback jerseys too. That was like when yep. they were re- wearing those like real teal jerseys. And you know, Kyle gets into the end zone, does the any given Sunday celebration. It was a feel good game for sure, but not as momentum or monumentous, I should say. As last, I don't think either Sunday. of those were words. And also, monumentaneous.
0: Also. Uh, that game in Miami where they ended the draft, the Bills were supposed to win. Yeah. Like they were heavily favored in that game and they still was blue. I don't remember. Uh, any oh any yeah, no, it was. I end mean, end? I
1: said, when I say put up numbers, like, you know, it was still a close game. Like I mean, it came down to it. This game on Sunday
0: to catch them for the division, the way that they did to play working class, blue collar, good old foil. Bring your, uh, bring your lunch pail
1: and your, your thermos with the little tiny top. That your that has coffee or likely whiskey in it to play that character to the high flying Miami Beach roster
0: that the Dolphins have.
1: You're cracking your hard boiled egg on the top of that steel. Beam. Are you
0: doing? Are you doing Roger Rabbit? Roger Rabbit. Uh-huh. Okay.
1: Yep, and he's at the he's just cracking it and he's like, ah, oh, look at me.
0: He's got grease under his eyes. To see the look on Mike McDaniel's face all night long, head coach of the Miami Dolphins. What? What do you mean? You mean the one look that
1: he had on his face? Every single moment the camera was on him, Dude, like, like I, I honestly, like I, I, I kind of have more of an appreciation for Mike McDaniel after that game, like he, Why? Did, because like to me it's like like that was like a monumentous, monumentaneous. Oh my god, will you look up a word to use? <laughs> moment game, you know. So for him to just be like, yeah, cool, awesome.
0: Like, that's... I'm sorry, that's... that's when like, was he yet yeah, cool awesome? I'm talking about when the camera would cut to him in the middle of the game and his mouth would just be wide open and he would be wide-eyed. And I had no idea what was going on. I guess,
1: like, I didn't interpret it like that. I interpreted it, I interpreted it as... He's just here watching the game like, wow, there's a pretty cool game going on right now.
0: Yeah, well, here. see, that's a problem considering you are in charge of what
1: the Dolphins of course, are doing. Of course, but, you know, I don't know. It kind of looked like he had ice in his veins. I, I appreciate
0: that he, about but him. he didn't. I mean, he proved in the second half he did not have ice in his veins. In fact, what's the opposite of ice? He had acid in his veins that were eating him from the inside out as he looked on like, boo. I will say, though, no jewel usage on the sideline for him. Because well, he got game. caught the last time. <laughs> I mean, that moment of Mike McDaniel staring off confused every time the Bills stymied him or they made a play, I mean, that was the emperor has no clothes moment. You You think so? Yes, 100%. Like, I mean, I know there's this talk, like you know, the Dolphins players love playing for him, and he's an analytical genius. When the moment gets tough he just stares just moment. he just stares off into the distance with that look on his face that is the quintessential like when he gets fired from that job those will be the clips they run to show his time in Miami uh, that's uh, interesting I, I don't see it like that I guess like
1: I see it like they like playing for him because he's almost like because he's not the you know typical Bill O'Brien and, and Bill Parcells and other coaches named Bill <laughs> you know like like that old like you know the uh, um. Who is the uh, Bill Billick Oh my gosh, like, Brian Bill. Brian Billick, Thank you. But st- Bill's still in there. You know that like old school like yell at you with Brian the Billick was hat. No, he
0: was more McDaniel than he was anybody else. He had the hat. He was like laid back. He was uh, cool. I don't know about that. But no, look, Sean McDermott's not that guy. No, but he's also like like he's intimidating. Not
1: doesn't seem very approachable. Mike McDaniel seems just like one of the guys, and I'm sure they love playing for him because he's just like not taking it too seriously. It's like, hey, we're good. I have some pretty cool ideas like
0: don't you think that'd be pretty dope bro? Well like here's the thing though and like I'm going to start making inflammatory statements about the head coach of the Dolphins. Uh-oh. Like after that law after the way the season ended for Miami cuz they lost 3 of their last 5. To end the season and lose the division. They were two and two going into that Bills game. Yep, yep, yep. They lost 3 of their last 5. I mean yep. they they went from 2 weeks prior to Buffalo being able that win against the Ravens would have clinched them the top seed and home field advantage throughout the playoffs and the bye. Yeah, yeah, and they end up the sixth seed after losing their last two, or no, I'm sorry, yeah, losing that game against Buffalo.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it I sound, wouldn't have it wouldn't have clinched the number one for them, but it would have given it would have them. Give, okay, yeah, yeah, they still would have had sure. more to play for, even though you had everything to play for this past Sunday. It but.
0: feels to me, based on everything we've seen coming out of Miami, that McDaniel just doesn't hold his players accountable.
1: I mean, we'll see after uh, after a Saturday night on
0: Peacock, but bro, that's they're done. You think Miami's so? done, bro? So we'll get to it. We'll get to it. It, the game against the Bills. I love. By the way, I love you. I'll tell you what we're doing on the
1: we'll show. We'll get now. to it on the
0: segments that I pr- executive produce. The game was a bizarre game because Josh Allen almost lost them the game at two separate points early on, <laughs> and at the same time was hands down the best player on the field. Sure, like the negative we know about. Right, we all saw it. That pick in the end zone on the first drive that uh-huh. that horrified me because we talked last week about how you have to score. Early on against Miami. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a good be a boat race. Because yeah, if you score early and you get one stop, they wilt. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, yep. they didn't do that. By the way, thank you, Eli Apple, for running that interception out of the end zone.
1: Dude, he like you can't be gifted more of an interception and he like at two different times, like one with him not running it out of the end zone. Well no, the other one wasn't him. Uh, no, but okay, I'm saying, sorry. but even on that same catch, like I know it was a little bit short, but like it didn't, almost didn't look like a completely secured catch. Like it, it looked like he could have potentially dropped that ball. And yeah. You're not going to be
0: gifted more of an interception. Well, at that I'm with point. you. Uh, the second interception, I'm fine with. It's an arm punt, right? Sure. But what a stupid move! And this goes back to not holding your players accountable. Look, I don't know. This has kind of been talked about in like deep football circles a ton. The Bills are in fourth down on what was it? The 40 yard line, something like that. Josh just chucks it up. If that Miami Dolphins defensive back knocks it down, so no, it was like the 36. They secure. 15 more yards of field position. Yeah. You yeah. cost yourself 15 yards by picking up that interception on the last game of the season.
1: Yeah, I don't think you're thinking that well, wait, I guess your, yeah, po- you your have point to be. is, you, you, I understand your point is that you have to be thinking of it about situational football. Which
0: goes back to Miami, the coaching staff. Like, how do you not tell your players, knowing the reputation Josh Allen has, to just, hey, I got to make a play, let's go. Knock it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knock it down.
1: Mm-hmm. But, but, that, but also, too, I mean, like, if you're going to talk about holding each other accountable or holding people accountable, like, why are you tossing it, you know, complete
0: rolling to your right on the exactly run. Exactly why he did it's exact What happened is exactly why he did it. But but you had first down options available. Okay, so you miss on those first two. I get it. Like, you want something. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. fine, fine. But at that point where the play's over, he did the, that was the smartest football play. Serve them up a juicy steak and see if they take a bite out of it, which they did. Mm. Ryan, I mean, the worst case scenario there, look, if he takes a sack, it's turnover on downs at that spot. Yeah, that if spot, he runs yeah. out of bounds, it's turnover on downs at that spot. Sure, You chuck that ball up in the air, it's either touchdown, Buffalo, they knock it down and it's turnover on downs, which is what you would have had there anyway, or they pick it off. Other than the touchdown, that was the best case scenario. No, in you're, that moment.
1: You're, you're forgetting that I, whether it was Knox or Kincaid, like they were available past the sticks. No, I'm saying
0: after you've made the decision not to throw that ball early. Well, Not when he cut it loose long. They weren't open then. It was early on in the play. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Anywho, anywho, the, thing, the play that really, really... Bothered a lot of Bills fans. Mm. Wasn't the turnovers? That play right before halftime. Yeah, people are bothered
1: by that. You're not, Ty Johnson. I'm, I'm bothered by the outcome, but oh. I don't. I don't think it's like
0: I, I. don't blame anybody. That that was Josh's fault. I mean, okay. Just to remind everybody, right? Okay, Yeah, go ahead. You're down. Serve us up. <laughs> you're down a touchdown. You're inside the red zone down there. There's what was it? Five, six, seven seconds left. On the I think cl- there was no f- 10 seconds. There was 10 seconds. I remember. Could
1: you have held that F and five f- longer f- 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 really, f- really getting to that sentence with great anticipation?
0: God, I hate you so much. <laughs> Long story short, Josh Allen throws the ball short of the sticks, thinking that Ty Johnson is going to be able to make a play and get him, forgetting that not everybody is Josh Allen and could break five tackles, sure. right? Yep. And he gets stopped. Time runs out. It's the same play that the Giants lost, uh, cost themselves at halftime against Buffalo in Orchard Park. And that interview, McDermott did going in halftime. What he was, yeah. hot. oh for sure, he no, was
1: hot. And that's that's kind of um, that, that's kind of what I wanted to get to. Like, do you think Bills fans are as heated if or upset about the play? If McDermott doesn't get on the mic and say, yeah, can't do that. Yes. Can't, can't be throwing it short of the end zone. percent. Like, like, of course you can't be throwing it short of the end zone, but like, I, if, if that's the most available option no, at that point bro, like what are you just are you just tossing it up again
0: like or are you giving it to someone over the middle and, and trusting no, your you, player to go make a play you had 10 seconds you chuck it out of the end zone and take the field goal oh that's points. right it
1: wasn't the fun yeah bro, fair the, enough. the
0: line is three and a half and you cost yourself three free points that's yeah, why McDermott was no, so hot that's,
1: that's a good point and I, I forgot about that that it wasn't
0: like time was it wasn't triple zeros on the clock when the ball was in the air which is funny because what was that play who were they playing was it Miami last year no were the Dawson Knox touchdown right before halftime where he he almost did the same thing, but he managed to find Dawson Knox falling out of bounds because the clock would have run out. Mm, Do you remember? I don't recall. And everyone celebrated him for that. And he did the same thing with Ty Johnson. Arguably a more secure, probably higher percentage chance of getting the end. zone. just a hell of a play by the Dolphins linebacker. But yeah. again, Nick uh, Chubb, I think it was who um, got him. Was it him? I think so. Okay, but then on the other hand, right?
1: Josh had over... Four, or Bradley Chubb, not Nick Chubb. Doesn't matter.
0: Josh had over 420 yards of total offense by himself. Mm-hmm. He had more passing yards than Tua. He had more rushing yards than a Wait, how many yards? Uh, He had over 420. Nice. Over, over. Not, yeah, we got it. The play, of the, play of the season. Mm-hmm. Third and 13, fourth quarter. Miami has all their timeouts left. What is there, like five minutes left in that game? No, you get three timeouts.
1: Oh, five minutes left. Yeah,
0: God, they have five timeouts. Josh drops back. He pulls it down five yards in the backfield. Yeah, huh. He gets hit 7 yards short of the sticks.
1: Oh god, he's not going to get it.
0: And he drags himself oh, uh, through 3 yeah. defenders to oh, pick up that first oh, down. Oh, Doyle rules. That play might have been the division right there. I
1: legitimately hurt both of my calves and or I should or what's below your hips but above your knees? For you? Your quads. Like
0: pounds of roast beef.
1: <laughs> my quads. Because as that happened, like that, what I just described was literally like out loud is what what was going on for me. I'm watching it. I see him get stopped, you know, a couple yards short. of like, ah, oh, damn, like so close. Yeah, we gotta play defense. What? And I'm pounding my thighs like I'm doing like a haka, and <laughs> and I like legitimately, you know, like your adrenaline's pumping. Like sure. you're not really
0: feeling it afterwards. Sure. Like I, I legitimately had to sit down. Ha, I. I know we've watched him do this for what, 6 years now? Yeah. Yeah. And never am I able to comprehend how Josh Allen makes it look like he's the older brother playing football in the backyard on Thanksgiving with like his young nephews. Don't don't you're triggering me right now. No, I'm saying we'll just be tougher. Be tougher. <laughs> Like those are those three guys mm-hmm. are three of the best athletes in America. Sure. Yeah. Those guys and not, <laughs> not Cater Kohu in well, that Okay, C- 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 no, but I mean like <laughs> Bro, yeah. Hot yeah. potato. How oh, he backed <laughs> off the way he did, man. Like, I mean, but that but that goes to more of Josh Allen. Like, they're they're afraid to tackle him. Sure. He's an offense, he's a quarterback, and they're afraid to tackle him. Dude, he's a he's a brick poop house. I will never get sick of watching him make those plays because those plays shouldn't be made. He's not Lamar Jackson where he's juking guys out of their jocks. Mm-hmm. He's not Russell Wilson where he's waiting for everyone to have their head turned and he like scam in Mahomes where they like scamper off for 12 yards, like secretly like thieves in the night. Mm-hmm. Everybody on that field, (laughs) there were were five dolphins that were fully aware of what was happening. Mm -hmm. Three of them made it to him and he ran through all of them on third and 13 with five minutes left to
1: eliminate those dolphins timeouts. Those are the kinds of plays where like if Josh didn't have a mustache, you'd be able to see like the red Kool-Aid rim on (laughs) on his cheeks and lips
0: for how jacked and juiced up he is. You know, man. Oh, man. But I made the argument that could be the play that saved that. that, That's a division right there. Of
1: course. Yeah, for sure. He would not be denied. And that's just like you can't ask for anything more
0: from from a leader on your team. You can make an argument for another play in that game. That was the division. Oh, yeah. Deontay effing Hardy. Ooh, forgot about that play. Forgot about that turning point. Ninety six yard house call. Okay, so first it was the first punt return for a touchdown in over three years for the Bills. Mm hmm. It was the longest punt return in franchise history. No big deal. And here's how dumb I am. Watching this game. Okay. Incredibly? He fielded the punt at the four-yard line. It was a 90- Dangerously. 96-yard punt return for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You never field a punt at the four-yard line. Yeah, no, let that, let that baby you bop out of bounds. I'm screaming by myself <laughs> in my basement, Let it bounce! Let bounce! Poison! Poison! Yes. Poison! And it seems like another, because, I mean, Ryan, up to that point, like, all the Bills had done is shot themselves in the face, or, or shot themselves in the face. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess you can make the argument for both of them. Here we go again, shooting yourself in the face. They had only scored one <laughs> touchdown, and it was on that insane helmet catch, which we'll get to in a little while. But, like, everything was a mistake up to that point when they got to winning time. And it seemed like another one of those moments. And he goes 96 yards, almost untouched. Yeah. The Bills offense had nothing in their last three drives. You're in the fourth quarter, down a touchdown. Time was running out. It looked like it was running out. And in a matter of eight seconds, he turns the game on its head. That was a quarter million dollar play he made. Uh, uh, Deontay Hardy? Uh-huh. No, I did not know that. So he had a, an incentive clause in his contract uh-huh. that if he averaged uh, somewhere like a little over twelve yards a punt return, yep. that he got a quarter million dollar bonus. He was under it going into that game. That punt return for a touchdown pushed him over. It was a quarter million dollar. Really? Yes. Oh my god!
1: Do you think? Well, actually, I I know the answer because he was asked about this after the game where they're like, "How did it feel?" Like, "How did?" And he's like, "I blacked out. I have, <laughs> I have no idea." <laughs> And, and I think it was on One Bills Live and, and Steve Tasker was like, like corroborated. It's like, yeah, no, that happens all the time. Like even the people on the field are probably like, you don't even know what's going on until after you're at the sideline, you're, you know, high-fiving and celebrating with your team. Then like you finally kind of come to, but yeah, no, uh, Deontay Hardy said like he couldn't hear anything. He couldn't see anything. It was just like instinct muscle memory kicking in and
0: just run to the goal line. Okay. But that's when he has the ball in his hand. You know what a cynical person I am, right? No. Okay. So we just discussed how you always let the ball bounce at the four yard line. Sure. Yeah.
1: That's what I would have done.
0: Did he return that punt trying to get that bonus? No. It's a quarter billion. I don't think you're thinking of that. It's a a quarter billion dollars. Well, yeah, he's not Josh Allen. He's not Stephon Diggs. Like he's making, you know, what guys who have been in the league that long make on average. Dude, so okay, so your point of like, do you think he's fielding it? I'll ask this question. Okay. If he didn't have that incentive in his contract and the ability to hit it in that game, does he let that ball bounce in the end zone? No, I don't think you do. Because you didn't even know the incentive existed until just now. No, but
1: but I don't think in his head, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Like, I don't think in his head in that moment he's thinking, or even throughout the game, it's like, oh, man, I got to get this inside. I got to get it. But then again, you know, we saw Jadavian Clowney this yeah. past week, like, celebrate, and like, so, like, maybe it is the case. Like, maybe players are acutely aware of that. But, but also, too, like, The Jadavian Clowney example is like there. It's it's a meaningless game. Like maybe it is more like front of mind for you. Mm -hmm. For someone like Deontay Hardy, like the goal for every punt that you field is take it to the house.
0: Uh... That's the way we take it to the house. No, it's not. You need. I mean, the goal for every punt is to have the best field position possible. No. It, yes, th- it is. D- okay. If you want to you want to c- talk strategy and yes, all that and field position? That's what special teams is. Okay.
1: So, but but you can maybe from like a, a special teams coordinator or an off- you need like, the guy who tells him what to do. Uh, but 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 okay. But if Deontay Hard Deontay Hardy has and any punt returner has the authority as the one receiving the ball to to recognize the blocking scheme and be like I'm going to dice this or I'm going to or I'm going to chance this or I'm going to like call it off like you have the autonomy to do that I'm sure he saw something in that moment or was just like I trust myself and I'm going to try to make a play
0: and thank God that he did because that's exactly the spark that the Bills needed no, you're right in his defense the Dolphins punter way out kicked his coverage on that one because they were punting from like the 20 right like that was a so, hell yeah that no, was a boot yeah and I mean he had the, so he had the room and it is also possible that McDermott or the special teams coach told him look if you got a chance go we need a spark right here but I would think it's funnier it would be funnier if he saved the Bills division championship Only because he was trying to make a quarter million dollars. (laughs) I mean, it would be, I mean, go get it. Get the bag, as far as I'm concerned. The most remarkable aspect of this game, hands down, was the defense again. Sure. Injuries bite you in the ass in the first half. Not the 420-yard performance from Josh Allen. It's the defense. Well, let's put it this way, and I'll get to why. (laughs) I'll get to why. Injuries kill you in the first half. Johnson goes down. That's not good. They definitely hurt. Russell Douglas goes down. Awful. Oh, my God, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you have Dane Jackson and Balin Specter. Oh yeah. That's a lacrosse that's a Duke lacrosse name if you ever heard one. In two very important positions versus the number one offense in the NFL with a one-score lead. And uh-huh. Dane gives up a play, and then after that, the D locked it down. Miami got shut out after halftime. They had are you ready for this? Yeah. With the Bills playing their fourth corner and their fifth linebacker, mm-hmm. who was a seventh round pick last year. That played seven defensive snaps all season. That defense only allowed 57 total yards in the second half. Good golly. So when you sit here and you say, oh, it wasn't Josh Allen. I mean, I mean look, Josh Allen's four to 20 yards is great. They won by a touchdown. Yeah. And they shut the Dolphins out in the second half. They- left a, Yeah, fair, fair enough. I mean, the Bills left a lot of points on
1: the board, you know. You know so, what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah. Right? So and so as, as much as I was just, you know goofing with you earlier like i agree the defense is what what put us over the uh, put the bills over the edge just sure. because i'm on the team
0: well look uh, sean mcdermott could coach us up to playing that defense i'm not even joking yeah it is amazing what his defense continues to do with spare parts mm. and i mean that with all due respect sure like Baylen inspector is there's not another team in the nfl that's like we got to get Baylen Specter to start on our defense well now maybe you are playing guys on your defense that almost didn't make the roster in august and you won an AFC East championship with them against statistically the best offense that it almost next man up man it was they were the Miami Dolphins were less than 200 yards away from breaking Dan Marino's franchise offense record from 1984, the year they went to the Super Bowl. Wow, that would have been poetic. And you shut them down in the second half. Mm-hmm. If they had equaled by money yards in the first, they would have gotten it. And Balen Specter stopped them from doing that. And you know, Daylen,
1: uh, Daylen. Daylen. <laughs> You know, Dan Marino is in the crowd at that point. Like, he's got to be at the game. Like, he's got to be like, yes. I don't know. You think so? I think so. Dan, Mar- Dan Marino, yeah, you boy. don't think he has the ego to good be point. like, I want to keep this record for as long as possible.
0: Good point. Not Dan Marino. You know, as we're talking, there about- was no flub. Yeah, the amount of uh, outtakes he's done where he's been on TV and he looks like a complete <laughs> psycho. When he broke the table and inside the NFL and the guy's like, whoa! Even poover Esai sitting next to him was like, oh, God, I thought I knew Dan Marino. <laughs> you know, as we're on the topic of McDermott and what he's able to do, can we talk about his giant balls? <laughs> can we? Can we talk about McDermott's balls? Sure, go ahead. He goes for it on fourth down, what, three times? Was it three or four times?
1: It was three. So he had the the miss, the interception. Yep. Yep. Uh, You had on this and on on the last drive, the last Bills offensive drive, you had two back to back.
0: So all of them, I think, were the right call. Yeah. Going for it. But that second to last one, fourth and one on your own 36. That one was you're throwing them up on the table. Look, I love it. I love the decision. Like I'm gonna win this game with my team. Yeah, I'm gonna win this game with my team, and if we don't, we're gonna go play some overtime football, or I'm gonna give Josh the ability to score with a minute left. Yeah, we'll kick a field goal. We'll trust Tyler Bass to do it. Whatever.
1: Right, because at that point it's a tie game. Right. It
0: was yeah, 14-14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. no. The, no, no. We we Bills, we're up by seven. Yeah, That's, yeah, right. That's seven. right. That's the right. That's right. Okay. Uh, the
1: lead. Yeah. So I guess at that point it's you're not that you're ever playing with house money because if you turn it over, obviously you're already in. You know, you're you're knocking on the on the red zone at that point. Well, no, but
0: I think that plays. That's a benefit for. Buffalo, because Miami could score quick. Miami does not know how to pace offense. They can't pace offense. Fair That's point. That's Miami's biggest negative with that offense. So, yeah. if Miami scores, they're going to do it fast. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the ball back with, ideally, two minutes left two three timeouts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Josh has a chance to go win the division with Tyler Bass kicking a field goal to walk off again.
1: It is interesting to like, because if you look at that decision in a bubble, right, like w- deep within your own territory and you're going for and fourth and sh- inches short. Sure. Like Brandon Staley... Former head coach of the Los Angeles Super Um, he gets filleted for those kinds of decisions. Now, granted, you're like McDermott would have been filleted if he was if it didn't succeed. You know, I don't think he would have been to filleted. a degree. I think I to think a degree. No, I guess maybe. Like, maybe it is kind of like the big stick argument where it's like, if you're not doing it all the time, it, like, yeah. yeah, fair enough.
0: And well, it's not only that, it's also the tools you have at your disposal. Yeah. Because Justin Herbert is not Josh Allen. Josh Allen, we just talked about running for, you know, uh, in the play, 20 yards, beating off three guys. I know what I said, and picking up a first down to save your season, uh-huh. right? Justin Herbert is not that guy. He's not beating off anybody. <laughs> He's not.
1: So back to McDermott's Falls. Sure. Um, Yeah, I think that is uh, that's a that's a real gutsy call right there. But I love it. I mean, you texted me in that moment, and you're like, "Do you go for it here?" And I provided. Oh no, I didn't say do do you. I
0: said you gotta
1: go. You no, but you said a question mark. You gotta go for it, right? Well, that was like more of like a like a polite. You gotta go for it, right, Ryan? you, You gotta go. And I said, "Oh yeah, of course you gotta go." Go, he, go let your
0: your players make a play. Look, even if he went for it, they didn't get it and the Bills somehow ended up losing that game in overtime you know, or whatever. Turnover. I'm still fine with that call. I, I completely 100%. agree. I completely agree. Like, Josh Allen is the best player in a Bills uniform. You let him win or lose that game for you. 100%
1: agree. I mean, it goes back to what we were talking about, what was it, last week or earlier, whatever the, the case, against Tennessee two years ago. You know, like, it didn't work out for you, like at the goal line. Oh, push. the trip, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, like, it didn't work out for you in that play, but you, you gotta love the decision, even if it did come down to like let's say that was all or nothing like the Bills needed to win the game to make the playoffs like I'm sorry
0: I think that's the right call I'm with you how is Mike McDaniel coach of the Dolphins so bad at adjustments (laughs) you think he's bad at adjustments he's won a single game against Buffalo in two seasons and that was a very weird win for Miami because everyone in Buffalo got hurt Josh Allen for some reason couldn't hit Isaiah McKenzie he doesn't run out of bounds yeah in almost every game against the Bills in the second half the Bills defense completely shut them down yeah. And it happened in both games this season. Completely shut them down. And yeah. it, there is nothing it seems he can do. Like even in the post-game press conference when asked about it, he would just look like he was completely defeated. Mm, okay.
1: okay. So uh, to be fair, you know, he was at, because I, if what you're referring to is the 101 rushing yards that the uh, that the Dolphins had in the first half
0: versus the seven look, rushing yards they had look, in we'll, the second half. Uh, we'll go overall offense. Miami had 210 yards of total offense in the first half. Yep. They had 57 in the second. Sure. They did not get a first down in the second half until the Bills gave them one on a penalty on that final drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't get a first down Yeah, until the final drive and the Bills handed it to them. So mm-hmm. tell me that he argued that he makes halftime adjustments
1: there. Yeah, I mean, I, I I, don't know. I mean, he did give an explanation as far as why they went away from the run game in the okay, second half yeah. um, as far because the Bills apparently were playing two high safeties. And then the Bills made an adjustment, which I guess is kind of the point that I'm getting to. Yes. The Bills adjusted defensively, excuse me, adjusted defensively to bring another defender lower into the box to, you know, combat the run game. So you would think then that as an offensive coordinator, you you would recognize that and maybe rightfully move away from the run a little bit or maybe try to use play play action to more of a benefit so that your passing game is more open.
0: I guess the argument I'm making is if you realize they did that, scheme something to get a chain in space exactly yeah and he didn't yeah, yeah yeah which is insane to me like look i mean i know miami was banged up not that buffalo was it sure. because you know again you were down to your fourth corner and fifth linebacker against yep. statistically the best offense in the nfl but yeah. this is it man everybody thinks you're a fraud already and if you lose this game you're the ultimate fraud i think you're the only one
1: who thinks, thinks that Miami's a, a fraud? fraud no i d- oh okay i thought you were talking about well, no i do mean mcdaniel He's I mean, fraud. I think you're being a little harsh. I don't think he's that bad. Oh, really? Okay. Miami ended the season
0: one and five against playoff teams. Yeah. They oh, ended, that's that's for sure. No, that is ended, a, that's a valid criticism. They ended the season, I believe it was minus 91 point differential Man, against crazy. teams that made the playoffs. Who's not a fraud? I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I think that's a valid criticism.
1: I mean, the only playoff team that they built, or that they beat, or I should say even winning record team, I think was maybe is more, more uh ac- or accurate. Uh, was Dallas right, and that came down right to the wire. Anyway, they very easily could have lost that game too if Mike McCarthy wasn't, you know, putting
0: in his DoorDash order. But <laughs> uh, you know, with a minute and a half, left. a long. lot of food, it's a lot <laughs> of order. No, but like, how do you sit here and defend McDaniel and go? Because you just think he's cool. You just look at him. Why do you I want him, think he's cool? But he's a not. He look. The guy is not a good football coach. I look. Listen to me. Maybe not a good head coach. I said this, and that's fine, right? Like yeah, there are guys yeah, that yeah. are really good. It's just, he's the flavor of the week, and he's surrounding himself with stars in Miami, and he's doing things that no one ever did before, and he has no problem standing up and like running his mouth and being like funny. And here's the thing: he seems like a nice guy. No, he doesn't. I hate him. But just remember, <laughs> I said this two years ago about Sala, and you were having the same argument with me, and that face got shown. Robert okay. Sala, head coach of the Jets. Yeah, yeah. I know of what I speak. This guy's a clown. Did you, um,
1: maybe, maybe you're onto something and maybe Melissa Stark of uh, NBC Sports agrees with you because did you see when she was doing the sideline interview going into the second half and you know normally they'll ask like two to three questions of the head coach yeah. she literally asks him one question and he kind of like rambles a little bit but uh-huh. like gives a succinct answer and then she goes all right thank you coach and then the the audio cuts away and you could see him mouth to her wait that's it <laughs> <laughs> well, you you to keep going right i don't really have right. anything more to which, do which i guess gosh which i guess is like Maybe one of the reasons, and like same with how he talks to the media in Miami, like it is a bit endear.
0: Like he's endearing to me. I've I've kind of come around to him. If if a head coach acts like one of your buddies, Uh he won't be a good head coach. Maybe because there's a reason why none of your buddies are an NFL head coach. (laughs) I mean, look, there's 32 of those jobs in the world. Sure, it takes a special kind of psycho to be able to pull that off, and he's not. He's psycho. He's a psycho. He's not that kind of psycho. Yeah.
1: I mean, maybe we'll see. I mean, if they have long term sustained success, if they make a run in the playoffs, I think we're talking a a completely different tune. But there's a little bit of an uphill battle and a rather chilly
0: one coming up. Uh Oh, good tease. Woo! in about 15 minutes. Let's go. Real quick before we move on, because we are a show that likes to hold ourselves accountable. I'm going to brag for being right. Oh, sure. We're also going to laugh when we screw things up because that game could not have made us look dumber why
1: what are you talking about we we nailed it perfectly i said that the bills were what was the score, what was the score? no
0: i'm not talking about 21 14 i said that the bills were going to win 21 14 last week we made fun of trent sheerfield for five minutes <laughs> five minutes where's he been what's he worth uh, do you remember a catch that was a quote do you even remember a catch <laughs> trent sheerfield makes he makes the greatest touchdown catch of the season Mm. that was remarkable and the Bills do not win that game without him and then we spent time making fun of Deontay Hardy yep. same thing where's he been these free agent sightings what are you doing they're not even seeing the field Pod return for a TD turns that game on its head the Bills score seven points without the two guys that we specifically singled out last week and we're like
1: what are we doing here guys you know what you know what I have to say to that in response what's that I cannot believe that Jordan Poyer has not had a pick six this
0: season Poor <laughs> <laughs> man it's coming.
1: Why is he even on the field if he's not bringing back pick sixes?
0: Ryan has been fighting for weeks and weeks and weeks because this is the one segment he's ever come up with in his entire life. Yay! And we get into it next. Questions from you via one specific social media platform. <laughs> What's it called, Ryan? Talking it to the street, talking it to the street, and talking it, ha- it to the street. And it happens next. Let's go, Buffalo! The ICF Ray Beach Podcast.
1: and we got talks shut up because we're talking it to the streets you're blowing the talking it to. because they were just listening before the commercial talking it to the streets it's let's go Duffalo. in about
0: 35 seconds here on let's go devil the odyssey app yeah, where we podcast he's ryan duffy hello this is as creative as he gets oh please i haven't even scratched the surface of creativity. My name is Pat Duffy. Uh, in just a little while. Mm, how long do you think? I'm not going to tell you. Okay. Because actually I don't know because we went so long in the first segment we would have to cut time here. And but you know, Lord only knows. But uh, we're going to find out what is making Ryan sad. That's mm-hmm. going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there was one moment in that punt return that stood out to both of us when we were mm-hmm. watching the game. Yeah, it did. Which leads us down a little bit of a rabbit hole. A little bit. For the chubbiest of chubby of Bill's players mm-hmm. that ever had their moments. The old roly polies. We'll get into it uh just a little while here. Let's go Duffalo and the Odyssey. Yeah. So, uh, if you listen to the podcast, you know that a couple of months ago, I told Ryan to go listen. I love doing the podcast with you.
1: Yeah, oh man, it's so much fun.
0: But see, here, uh, Ryan just shows up, Ugh. sits down. And goes, man, some would say that's a talent, but you know, whatever. No, it's not because I'm the one that has to do the whole preparation. So I go, Ryan, you know, I would appreciate if you could come up with some segment ideas. And what I meant by that was like, let give me some talking points, like, you know, stories you want to share things we could like build out in a conversation.
1: Sure. Yeah. Let's just artificially come up with some ideas to talk about and have some structure (laughs) as opposed to me just being all natural and coming up with my, you know, saying whatever's coming to mind. Ryan created a segment. Uh, What's it called, Ryan? It's called Talking It to the Streets where we source questions from our fans and followers on TikTok and we read them on the show and we give our dynamite
0: expert analysis. And we can't, we don't have the rights to taking it to the streets by the Doobie Brothers. Mm. So Ryan has to sing the theme song every time we do this segment.
1: Copyright projects. Copyright it right to the streets. it to the Okay, street. how many questions do we have? We have three. Three questions.
0: Yeah, we have and three And this is questions. coming from our TikTok, which is?
1: At You can comment on any one of the posts that we have. You can send us a direct message, uh, send them our way. And then, you know, whenever we do uh, talking to the streets, uh, we'll take the most relevant ones and we will uh, bring them up here. Yeah, don't be too hard if we don't use
0: them. What's that? Nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, please.
1: Okay. So first <laughs> please, one. no, seriously. Okay. First, first one here. It's timely from what we were talking about uh, last, or just in our in our last segment. Uh-huh. Um. So obviously the Dolphins are because they lost to Buffalo in Miami Gardens. They're heading halfway across the country out to the old Missouri town, and they're going to be facing some pretty hardcore, serious potential weather conditions.
0: Yeah. The question here: Miami's chances in Arrowhead? Okay, question mark. So the. Miami Dolphins. So, for those who don't know, kickoff at Arrowhead. Uh, the low is zero degrees. Zero degrees. Uh, the the politicians in Kansas City, at least leading up to this week, it's so cold in Kansas City. They're telling people not to leave the house. Don't do it. So, but they will. Don't be, do it. They will be playing this football game. Oh yeah. The Miami Dolphins, since I believe 2007, are 0 and 11 in games under 40 degrees. Ro row kickoff. Uh huh. There is no way Miami wins this game.
1: Okay, so I I wanted to talk about this because... Good. (laughs) Because of content for the show. No, I think, like, if you... I understand that the the Kansas City Chiefs won their final game. It was meaningless for them. They had locked up the division. They weren't going to jump, you know, into
0: the 2C. They couldn't. Uh, However
1: do you think they're a little bit wounded at
0: this point? Kansas City? Yeah. Kansas City's one of the healthiest teams in the NFL, like outside of Baltimore. They're the healthiest team in the NFL outside of Baltimore.
1: Okay. I didn't necessarily mean injury wise. You
0: mean that they're susceptible to loss, like it's over, like their run is over. Uh,
1: I, I wouldn't necessarily say over because I don't think you can like rule out Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs So, what's your
0: question my
1: question is like do you if if there ever was a chance for a team to come in and potentially make a statement against a uh, arguably vulnerable team throughout this season Mm -hmm. regardless of the weather or the
0: the the location of where they're playing sure do you think that Miami is that team that could go and do that Miami could have made a statement three weeks ago against Baltimore okay Miami could have made a statement last week against Buffalo yep What makes you think now is when they make a statement? Yeah, I mean, it's playoffs, you know. Uh, No, (laughs) Sunday was playoffs for them. You haven't won the division since 2011. Like, I would make the argument that for the theme of this Dolphins season, Mm -hmm. the game last week was more important than the game this week. And obviously not. It's not one for one, right? But the fact that you you had a chance to lock up the division for a month and you couldn't do it. Yeah. And you blew it. If you didn't make that stand against Baltimore... If you didn't make that stand against Buffalo, you've lost three of your last five. The Chiefs are at home. Yeah, it's freezing cold. You are still decimated by injury defensively. You're that's signing a, that's Justin thing. Houston off oh the gosh. street, man. Can you? What was it? Was it
1: Melvin Ingram? Who was uh, guarding? um, Oh my god! Yeah, dude, he had like I
0: swear to God, they got his jersey at the at the pro shop before. Like it was like baggy on him. Melvin Ingram was guarding Dalton Kincaid. Melvin Ingram is a two hundred eighty pound defensive end. Dude, he looked like he was going as Melvin Ingram for Halloween. (laughs) Yeah, bro. Miami's got no shot. And I know. And look, I agree with you. I think that Kansas City's run is finished. I want Kansas City in Orchard Park because if Kansas City wins that game and Buffalo wins that game against Pittsburgh, we see Kansas City. Kansas City I'm sure in we'll be talking about yeah, yeah. that later as long as everything goes well. However, No. You think that Miami has a chance on Saturday? I think
1: that if there ever was an well, when you take into account the injuries, everything that you mentioned, you know, like the injuries to uh, the Miami defense that happened in Week 18, and then on top of you know the injuries that were already pre-existing, like Tyreek Hill obviously didn't come in for that last play when Tua threw it to Chase Claypool in double coverage. Like what? Either way, but I'm just saying, like, like, yeah, you may be getting Jalen Waddle back. But you're impacted by injury at this point. And so that's that at rest and a neutral environment with fine weather. Sure. It's art you're already at a disadvantage. And throwing all the environmental stuff too. I understand that's an uphill battle, but if there ever was a team that may be susceptible to dropping a game like that by their own doing like quite literally dropping as in the wide receiver crew for the
0: uh, Kansas city chiefs have been notoriously high drop percentage. I don't see it. Look, I'm telling you Kansas city at home in the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes has never played a road playoff game. Do you know that in his career? Uh, yes, I did know that he's never. Yeah. Cause I told you. Yeah. So this is his last home playoff game yep. of this year. If, Yeah, well, whether they win or not, Mm -hmm. they're winning Kansas City. I'll I'll go even further. Oh, here we go. I would rather take the Dolphins roster they have injured now playing at home in Miami Uh than their fully healthy roster playing at zero degrees in Kansas City. I think the weather affects them more than the injuries. Interesting. I mean, they're, we'll they're mentally soft. They're a mentally soft team. I mean, we'll
1: see. And also, too, like, do you think McDaniel's going to be okay, like not being able to show off his drip when he's got all the? Oh, wait, do
0: you see like the puffy, oh stupid puffy Cody's oh got to have? It's Ooh, gonna look great. he's going to look like Nas in the videos back in the day. <laughs> they're not Nas. Uh,
1: God damn it! Uh, you're old. And lame. You're two years younger than me. You old and lame. All right. What is our uh, second question? Our second question for what segment are we doing? Uh, talking it to the, the street. Talking to the street. Second question here. Breaking news from today, I should say. Uh-huh. Um, uh, what? So reg- regarding the. R- uh, r- 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 ra- Regarding the uh, dismissal of head coach of the Tennessee Titans, Mike Vrabel. Yes. um, Why, the question is here, why would Tennessee get rid of Mike Vrabel? And I guess, secondary question, are you scared that he, scared, I guess. Yeah, well, the question is, are you scared of him coming to New England?
0: Uh, I I am, it is curious why the Titans decided to part ways with him. Yeah. I mean, don't forget two years ago, he was the AP coach of the year. Three years ago, if I'm not mistaken, he had the, Titans in the AFC Championship game. They were in the game.
1: AFC Championship game three years ago. They upset the, uh, what was it, like 13 and 2, like
0: four, some crazy high winning percentage Ravens team
1: in Baltimore. Yeah,
0: yeah but I mean, Baltimore's 0 2 in their playoff games again, under Lamar Jackson or with Lamar Jackson. Look, I, I, I'm with you. I wouldn't have thought. Uh, there's also words that, word on the street that he wanted more power inside the franchise and the, they weren't willing to give it to him. Yeah, so fair they're enough. Like I mean, yeah, ways. I'm
1: sure there's stuff going on you know, that we don't know about, but he's, just on the surface. He, no, but he
0: seems like a guy, like, I hate Mike Vrabel just for all the times against the Titans. Uh, What do you mean? All the 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 situations surrounding it and everything. Right. I see your point. But like from if I guess if I if I was looking at it from a uh, completely neutral standpoint, I would go, "Oh, that guy seems like a decent coach and his players like to play for him." Yeah. He also seems like a guy that has so much going for him. There's something weird we don't know about. Interesting. Do you
1: know what I'm saying? I could see. I mean, it's kind of a you know maybe it's more telling on you it's like oh nice person who seems like people like him a lot you clearly have some kind of skeleton in your closet what, but
0: when why would you lose your job like this
1: yeah well, the- well i mean they i, I guess the argument is or at least from what i saw today it's it's the the owner of the titans wanted a fresh perspective they had a newer gm that i think was there in the last 2 years okay. like you know if you're if you're putting money into that gm and you want a different perspective you want that gm's uh vision to come to to fruition you br- let them bring in the coach that they they want to bring in
0: look i will say this i think Vrabel getting fired now helps his career prospects moving forward that titans team is going to be bad next year yeah for sure henry's gone you're working through will levis in the second season i mean he he had flashes, but there's no guarantee he's your guy moving forward. You're gonna yeah. you're in salary cap hell still somehow, despite unloading all that talent. But there is a second part of that question you
1: brought up. Mm-hmm. Are you scared of him coming to New England? No. Okay. Are you? Uh I mean scared's a kind of a loaded word, but I mean I, I, I trust the Bills to and, and McDermott and the coaching staff of the Buffalo Bills to, you know, put their best performance out no matter who they're coaching or playing against. Mm-hmm. Um but nevertheless, you know, I, I think it's like I think Vrabel's a good head coach and it – it would be it would
0: stink to have to play him twice a year. Okay, so let's talk about that. I don't think Vrabel's a bad head coach. Sure, in the way that he's like a Belichick, where he knows all these weird rules that he tries to take advantage of, which like gives people the impression that he's smarter than everybody else. Mm-hmm. He also he's really good at in game situations. I think he thinks like a player in that way. Like, yep. what would I have done? Because you know he played linebacker. Like he was a coach on the field. Yeah, 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 right. So in that way, I get it. I under I, I think he's a good coach. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's what. People have been making him out to be the last couple of days after he got fired because I've been hearing a lot of talk about, you know, he won with guys that you shouldn't win with. Yeah. Who? Well, he did win that last game and knocked Jacksonville. Like, I think it,
1: that final Week 18 game, beating Jacksonville and sure. knocking them out of the playoffs yeah. has done way more for his stock as a future, as a next you know round
0: available head coach. Fair, co- fair point, but you also, you just said it yourself. Your quarterback that started that game, Was in the AFC Championship two years ago with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had Derrick Henry who was balling out. Mm -hmm. Like, this argument that, you know, he hasn't played with a lot of players. His defense was unstoppable. I'm sorry, star-studded. Star-studded the years that they were successful. (laughs) The guy that your GM traded away, which I'm assuming you also signed off on in A.J. Brown, is one of the best receivers in the league on another team. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill, I thought, was always a good NFL quarterback, even in Miami. It's just Miami was terrible around him. Yeah, And you have arguably the greatest running back of his generation, mm-hmm. maybe of the last 30, 40 years. Where was the lack of talent? You won yeah. five games this year when things went south. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 would, south.
1: Ha- I would have to take a look at, like, the score, like that box score for every one of their games like i don't know if they ever got blown out like obviously if you're five and 11 no i right? think they had
0: lost a bunch of games by one possession but I, it doesn't matter
1: you win you lose they don't know for, for how. sure
0: yeah no i i
1: understand your point i guess like i as far as like me being nervous i guess maybe is a better way to put it i i'm i'm uneasy for him
0: potentially coming to new england but what's in new england that's scary that he's it's, he's acquiring
1: i'm on the roster right now, like
0: we nothing, nothing, like so quite literally nothing. You're gonna draft a quarterback, yeah. So, I mean, unless it's a remarkable situation, you're three years away from that being a tenable thing mm-hmm. where you have to be legitimately afraid of
1: it. It's almost like while we're talking about it, like when I think about like a different head coach of the New England Patriots, whether it's Mike Vrabel or possibly Pete Carroll, now that he's not, no uh, way, no way, of course he's he's a thousand years
0: old, he's and he was already the head coach of the New England Patriots that, and got let go. Robert Krebs, that Robert Kraft seems like he was like, I just gave it Another Rod Dede.
1: <laughs> Come on, Petey. Um, yeah, but like just the idea of seeing somebody across the the field uh, for the New England Patriots, like to me, like even just thinking about it while we're talking about this, it changes the entire identity
0: of what I like how I see that team. I think Vrabel would continue the animosity because Vrabel was one of those guys on those teams. Like I yeah. hate I hate Mike Vrabel, not for anything personal, just because like football hate because I think he's got something going on. With definitely, him. I don't trust him. Hey, I was right about Salah. I will be right about McDaniel's and this thing I just put in your ears. Whoa. Weird thing found in basement of Mike Vrabel
1: (laughs) You know what Now that I'm thinking about it Mike Vrabel seems like the uh, Mr. Hyde To uh, Sean McVay's Dr. Jekyll
0: (laughs) <laughs> like he's just wearing rams polo shirts that have been all ripped up he's the hulk. He's right, yeah, yeah. hulk yeah all right uh we have one more question we
1: have one more question for this segment talking it to the to talking it to the streets so this one gets a little bit ahead of us but i think the way i i interpret it is you know the only time that this would happen or the circumstances would fall in line for this question why don't you ask the
0: question and tell me how you interpret
1: it all um are you shelling out money to see a road AFC championship game if the Bills are in it?
0: Okay, so the only way that would happen is if Baltimore or Buffalo has to win two games. Yep. And then Baltimore would have to beat whoever they see next week. Yep. Keep in mind, Baltimore 0-2 in home playoff games with Lamar Jackson. Yep. Context, Harlow. yep. Okay. All right. So we would have to go to Baltimore. That's the only spot it could be. That's a drivable trip. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, Baltimore, it's not like a great city. It's not Did a, you see the wire? Have you been to Baltimore? <laughs> I've never been to Baltimore. So I've been to
1: Fredericks, Fredericksburg, Fredericks. I was with you, I, I took you to Frederick, Fredrick, Maryland, Maryland. <laughs> Fredericks
0: of Baltimore. No, I think it was Fredericksburg, Virginia. <laughs> no, it's Frederick, Maryland. Okay, doesn't matter. The yeah. bottom line is this: Ah, uh, uh, you going? You going to get in the car? We going? <sighs> 10, 15 years ago? Yeah. Pre kids. Mm-hmm. I'm going. Oh sure. Now line them up. I don't know, man. Like, here's the thing. If they pull it off and they win an AFC championship and they go to the Super Bowl. AFC championship game. You are there to witness it. Yeah. But you're also surrounded by non-friendly faces. So do you really get to appreciate the moment for what it is? It's a fair point. Right? And then, I mean, I got to work Mondays, right? So I'd have to turn around to drive right home. You don't even have time to celebrate after. Like, if we're sitting at home watching it on television, we could just party until the break of dawn and then get up and go to work the next day. I don't know. Are you going? no i'm not going why? Well, why what do you mean why i got two small kids i'm not going to baltimore Maryland, with who your wife myself would, your wife would give you a pass for one week this is like of a, course she
1: would but i would and, and thank you honey but also i like i'm not going to baltimore
0: to why? go see because i'm just what, who am i going with no like i mean it's that's short of cleveland but i mean again baltimore's the place we go that's the ideal situation for an AFC championship game. Where else are you driving to see it where it's not yeah. going to be a huge pain in the butt? Like, Well, Orchard Park. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I meant a road team, you I idiot. Know what you mean. I know what you mean. Because like Pittsburgh sucks. I hate driving through
1: Pittsburgh. Sure. I hate driving to New York. Dude, driving through... I'm sorry to... Because I know people from Pennsylvania that wow. listen to the show. No big deal. I know people from Pennsylvania. Who listen to the show? Um, even a smaller sample size, but, uh, yeah, no, I have, I, I loathe driving through Pennsylvania. every single time I've ever had to drive through Pennsylvania, it has been like pulling teeth. You just
0: take the 90, like you just go through, there is
1: always some kind of construction. There is always some kind of delay every single time I've taken multiple routes. I understand Pennsylvania is a perfectly great, uh, you know, state, you know, in the union, but no, I cannot, I, I don't want to drive
0: through it. Okay. No, thank you. Uh, Those are our questions. Those are the three questions that we have for tucking it to the streets. Okay, great. We're gonna find out what's making Ryan sad. Thank you for all your submissions. And again, if you want to follow us on social media.
1: Yeah, you can find us on TikTok at let's You can find us also now on Instagram at let's and
0: check out Ryan's videos he makes where he breaks down the outfits of the Buffalo Bills getting on the plane every day. You talking moment. about my film type? Oh, oh type. yeah, we break down we break
1: down film once a week. Uh it's gonna be kind of tough for for this week's film breakdown, uh, because, you know, usually the the film gets released uh, you know, right before the game, early in the game, and I will actually be in attendance on uh, yep, you're going uh this this wild card game. In uh, in Orchard Park on Sunday at one p.m. So if you can find me, I'll
0: give you a kiss. Don't do that. Nobody cares. Nobody's gonna give you a kiss. Nobody nobody cares. I'll give you a little peck, just a little. We're gonna find out what's making Ryan sad. And uh, there was a little detail you may have missed that both Ryan and I, because we are very don't don't you can't you don't take ownership of this anymore you're not allowed to what are you talking about you're
1: a skinny mini if you're gonna say no no no, i'm
0: saying we're fond of these moments okay yes we are indeed fond of these well moments. no because when we were in high school this was the dream that we both had sure and every guy that uh, had this shape had this dream like a bag of milk <laughs> we'll get into it <laughs> okay, we'll do it next it's let's go duffalo the odyssey app wherever you get your podcasts and We like them big. Yeah, we do. (laughs) And we like it even better (laughs) when the big things do things they shouldn't be doing. Sure. An out-of-place big thing. It's Let's go Duffalo, the Odyssey, how we get your podcast. I will get to that in just a second. But it is time for everyone's favorite segment. Before you do that, how long do you think it's going to be before we get to that? I'm not going to tell you. Okay. I'm not going to tell you. Because this is a podcast. Oh, I'm sorry that I'm trying to, to, you know, one of us has to be a professional and not just take other people's questions that they ask them on TikTok and present them as their own. Excuse me. I'm just recycling. uh, I'm a man of the people. You know, I'm 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 a conduit. You're such a man of the people. You didn't share the names of the folks that asked the questions. Should I? Do you want me to? From now on? no, no. no you're a man of the people. I shouldn't have to tell you that, Mister Man of the People. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess. I so. I would like credit. for I didn't for even what you consider did. that. Yeah, no. no I'm a credit. A I'm the one,
1: The whole concept of the of the segment is that we're we're sourcing questions you have, from people. You have taken credit for this segment for months. I take credit for the curation of the segment, Asking but not for the content for within.
0: Questions? It's time to figure out. Oh, now I'm now
1: I'm, now what's making Ryan angry? We don't have music for that. What's making Ryan sad? Well, this is actually fitting, and I'm glad that we're talking about it now that I'm all amped up. So, AFC East champions! Woo! Yeah, we Yay! did it! Yeah! Hooray. It's could you be sad? I don't think there's much to be sad about. But until today, when I am now seeing the jealousy, envy, and I think. Undertoned hatred Uh that i see brewing on your face Uh, for what because your brother mr ryan duffy executive producer of the let's go
0: duffalo podcast two people on the show congratulations
1: is going to be making his actual radio debut (laughs) this coming tuesday you're not you've done on the rochester sports bar with danger and battaglia from three to six on this coming tuesday I'm going to be on there and I can see it on your face. You're saying on the outside, you're like, oh my gosh. Yay. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. That's so cool. But I know what you're thinking. That little hamster wheel inside your head. Okay. We have to let everyone listening understand what's happening. What's happening is that I can see that you know that I'm coming for your job. Okay. For God's and, sake. And what's going to happen is they're going to hear
0: this is exactly what's going to happen. Okay. Can I, can I catch everybody up before you start running your mouth? Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Great. Um, Our sister station for WCMF, the station that I work at, The Break Room, the show that I'm on. uh, We have a sports station, 95.7 The Fan. You can listen to it in Rochester on 95.7 FM, 9.50 AM. You can catch it online at, uh, I forget the website, 95.7, but you can find it on the Odyssey app. Download (laughs) the Odyssey app. And Ryan uh, will be co-hosting with Mike Danger. They needed a fill-in. Yep. And uh, Ryan is Mr. Fill-in. That's right. You know, you say you're making a radio debut. You've co-hosted The Break Room twice with me. That was a guest spot. This is also a guest spot. Yeah, I guess kind of. Okay. We all got an email this morning, three of us, me, uh, my co-host, Kimmy, who works in the break room. Great, great person. And you from Danger yep. asking, hey, guys, listen, uh, I'm going to be flying solo on Tuesday. Would any of you be available to come in and co-host the show? Mm-hmm. And I was the first one to respond to that, email. Uh, what did I say? Um, I, I have an up right here. You can yeah. say that. Um, actually, this is an indictment on you.
1: I don't think it's going to work out how you want it to, Jim. Go ahead. Uh, you replied, uh, I can no problem, but I'll leave this opportunity for Ryan, seeing as how he's the more talented Duffy. If he's not available, I'd be happy to. So look at you admitting defeat already. Don't you want to fight for what's yours? I
0: encouraged
1: you to do it. You're such a wuss. You just lay down. Don't look me in the eyes. Why would
0: I be upset that you're? D- I wanted you to do this? <laughs> I mean, you can't tell on the podcast, but I'm looking away at you like at the ceiling. Do you understand what you just got yourself into? What? Okay. I don't want to sound like a jerk here. <laughs>
1: but my back,
0: my back is killing me from carrying you through the show every okay. week. Okay, and you know a lot about the Bills because you watch the Bills nonstop. Sure, yeah. You know what you don't know anything about? Nothing. uh Baseball and basketball. Oh please, I know. Or college sports. I
1: know that there's 642 games in a baseball season. I know that there are. Um,
0: you you play with two basketballs uh-huh. at once,
1: and you have to. You get 15 points for knocking them together. The
0: second. The conversation turns from Bill's football. You are in so much trouble. No, I'm not. I've done you the are in bar. so I've, much trouble. I have done the Rochester Press Box. Bro, that's 20 minutes of talking, and you're only talking for like seven minutes. Oh, this is please. three hours of unscripted sports talk radio that you have not signed up for, and I can see it on your face. You are now realizing <laughs> what you've gotten yourself into, and you've made a terrible mistake. I
1: will neither confirm nor deny. What the internal monologue and screaming like, that's going on in my head right you, now.
0: You you make fun of me all the time because you think I'm an egomaniac. You are an egomaniac. You are such an egomaniac. You did not even stop to consider that you know nothing about fifty percent of the sports world before being like, Oh, my voice on the radio, I'll take it. Please,
1: I know baseball. I I know football. I know hockey. Name three members of the Yankees. Uh Aaron Judge. One uh Aaron Boone. Nope. He, um, no, well, he's the manager. CC Sabathia.
0: Okay, see, you're done.
1: Derek Jeter. Alex Rodriguez. You can't name
0: three Yankees.
1: Miguel Cabrera, Jose Canseco. Give me three Lakers. Go. Uh, LeBron James. One. Kawhi Leonard. No. Um. You know. John Stockton. <laughs> In, i I'm in trouble. Wait. I I highly suggest all the more reason to tune in to the Rochester Sports Bar. It's called
0: the Sports Bar. Uh, excuse You don't me, even okay.
1: know the name of the show you're going to be on. All the more reason to tune into the Sports Bar this uh, Tuesday on the 16th of January. He's reading it off to to his phone. PM. He's reading it off
0: his phone. I'm. I know. I'm making sure I have the date right. Three to six Tuesday, January 16th on mm-hmm. the Sports Bar, 95.7 FM, 9:50 950 a.m. with Mike Danger. God, I can't. I am getting up for my nap early. Oh, You nap? I'm gonna settle wake in. We well, yeah, have no. Because I'm an actual professional radio personality. I have to get up. I'm not somebody who's oh yeah, I'll come in and talk on things I don't I'm understand. Happy papa. I can't.
1: Can wait. I just say too? So I have a one and a half year old, and like you know, we say you know she has milk every day, right? But she'll say baba normally, just like in regular conversation. But when she actually sees a bottle of milk, her like register goes higher so she'll go from just you know baba, to ba-ba, ba-ba. <laughs> it's like the stakes are higher and that's how you sound when you're going to be waking up from your nap earlier because you have to tune into uh me being second mic on the sports bar
0: more dynamite content like that tuesday january 16th on the sports ba-ba. bar 957 fm 958 a.m <laughs> in rochester and anywhere in the world yep on the odyssey app terrestrial radio so uh you know, we brought up that punt return from Deontay Hardy that yeah. changes that game, completely changes that game, and Mr. That's a, Momentum maybe changing his address. It's one of those moments that's going to go down in Bill's history. It's the Teron Johnson pick six mm-hmm. against Baltimore, right? It's the I love
1: how you just you took the two. The, you, you just said Teron. What? Do, how do you say it? Well, you always call him Teron. Uh, Teron but it's Taron. It's Taron Johnson. So you just combine He's both of them into it. one. He's not going to hear it. None of this matters. Teron. Who go
0: I know. Like yeah. <laughs> No, why would they? Why would Danger not want you to co-host? <laughs> hey, let me pick apart what you're doing. <laughs> that play might have won them a division, but there is something you may have missed while jumping up and down watching Deontay Hardy return that punt for a touchdown. Not this guy. So uh, Puna Ford is a Bills defensive tackle. He came over this off-season to free age as free agent. I believe he came from Seattle. I believe you're right. Yeah, uh, Puna has been a healthy scratch most of the season, meaning he's uh, been ready to play, but they just haven't dressed him. Yep. He's played in five games, most of them, uh, I think five out of the last six weeks, he's dressed. Yep. And there was a. Did Ed miss a game earlier in the season? I want to. Yeah,
1: he played once and I then feel he sat like, again. Yeah, and like then he, it, played he four. came in to spell uh, another injury on the uh, defensive front.
0: So during that punt return, I'm watching the game and I noticed something very strange. Mm-hmm. Puna Ford is on the punt return team. In fact, Puna Ford. His block on the punter is what gave Hardy the last 50 yards of open field. Oh, yeah. If you go to the Bills roster, Puna Ford is listed at 5'11". I thought you were going to say 500 pounds. No. (laughs) 5'11". 310 pounds, and there is no way that man is only 310 pounds. 5'11"? 5'11, 310. That's crazy, man. That, that, he's a mountain. That's a that's sumo wrestling statistics. That is that's a that's a husky fellow. The Bills put arguably the heaviest defensive tackle they have on punt return, which just seems mean.
1: Honestly, I think it's more of an indictment on Matthew Smiley, uh, uh, special teams coordinator of the Buffalo Bills. Why is Puna Ford on punt return? There's two different, for those who aren't familiar, the punt return team, there's two uh, goals mainly. So if you're at the line of scrimmage, you have people on the outside, they're called gunners, that that if you are trying to block the punt, you want fast agile players to get to the uh, to the punter to block the punt but if you're not blocking the punt which the likelihood of you doing that is super
0: low especially in the NFL
1: right you need to have people that are good uh, agile people that can
0: get downfield and block on the return yes, coverage they have to be able to sprint backwards make blocks and then move upfield if the punt return starts going well it's it's literally a, like it's
1: an interception where like the
0: offense becomes a defense and the defense becomes the offense I've never seen a defensive tackle on a punt return now I haven't looked for it I could be sure. wrong But the fact that I noticed and we both of us during that return noticed Puna Ford out there tells me it's not something that happens often. Right. So I don't know if
1: there was an injury. I don't know. Like, I kind of want to go back and look at other uh, other punt return, uh, you know, schemes from this season to see if there is a big body
0: like that on there. That being said, Puna Ford sealing off the punter. Dude. Was one of the greatest fat guy moments in Bill's history. Like, honestly, like oh, that's the first
1: thing I saw on the on the replay. Like, I, I'm not gonna lie. Like, obviously, like just like everybody. Oh, you else, didn't notice it live? Oh, I oh I I saw that there were blocks there, and I saw that it was like someone there, but like not until I saw the replay oh. on the telecast where I was like, why is 98 is on
0: the the. The punter. So I can you there's proof that I'm not lying here. Cause I tweeted it out immediately. I'm, I'm in the basement and I'm screaming, go, go. Is that put a force? Come on. Whoa, 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 whoa.
1: Dude. And I'm t- like, I, I, maybe this is like, you know, recency bias, but like my memory of that play is that like, there was green in a in a twenty-five yard yeah.
0: radius well, around Puna Ford was standing in front of five
1: guys. <laughs> around Puna Ford and the Dolphins kicker whose name punter, escapes yeah, me. Well, punter, punter, thank you. Um so one, I think it's pretty clear that Puna Ford did not leave the line of scrimmage when that <laughs> when that ball was in the air. One. Two, the punter like how bad of a of an athlete are you as the Miami Dolphins punter to not be
0: able to shed a block from Puna Ford? Okay, in the defense of the punter for the Dolphins, one uh, NFL defensive tackles, despite being three hundred pounds, can run like four seven, four eight, four nine, forty yards. That's dashes. a fair point. And, and, they're, and, that, and they're offensive super quick. as well. Yeah, and no, they're, they're super quick. That's a good point. Not only that, I mean, like a guy that's three hundred ten pounds, five eleven. Once he gets anywhere near being able to get his hands on you, you're not going anywhere.
1: Yeah, I mean. I guess you're right. It didn't like, I, again, the recency bias may be kicking in, but I didn't, I don't remember it being like, you know, they both had momentum.
0: It just felt like they were just both standing there. Well, I mean, maybe Puna Ford got a hold of him. I mean, like there was enough time for him to like, oh, oh, I'm just going to hold this guy.
1: <laughs> or maybe the punter wanted nothing to do with
0: it at that point. You yeah. see Deont- Deontay Hardy with a full head of steam. Well, but Deontay Hardy's 90 pounds. Like sure. all, like if you averaged out Deontay Hardy and Puna Ford, you get a, an average weighted human
1: being. <laughs> That yeah, was, it was uh, that. That was awesome to see. Like, obviously, the touchdown was fantastic, but to see Puna Ford check into the game in such a pivotal <laughs> throw, such a pivotal block, bro. I mean, it was arguably like if you want to talk back to the blocks of that game. Um, and I mentioned this too uh, during the game to you. The uh, after Stefan Diggs or the the Josh Allen Stefan Diggs misconnection, where he cooked Jalen oh my Ramsey God, he had
0: seven eight yards of dude with
1: that overthrow like yeah that's a bummer of a play the following play right after that there was this little rub route that Gabe Davis ran which is like a natural pick play to uh like free open the the inside wide receiver which happened to be was it Sherfield uh, or no it was Khalil Shakir. Khalil Shakir um Gabe Davis blocked two, two guys quarterbacks Two defensive backs on, and which sprung Khalil Shakir for what, 50 yards? Yeah, it was Something was nice crazy play. like that. Like, that's an awesome block. And also Puna Ford,
0: awesome block. So, as we talk about Puna Ford having one, uh, it brings us down to the greatest fat guy moments in Bills history. Love it. And I do want to be clear are we talking strictly on, like, in play fat guy moments? Because uh, who was the offensive lineman who grabbed that beer? And chugged it a couple of years ago. Oh, that was Spencer Brown. Yeah, Spencer Brown. Yeah, yeah. Are we counting that? Because that was a pretty good oh, fat Oh, that's guy a moment. great fat No, that counts. Of course it counts. Okay, we'll put that up on the list. Uh, as we walk down the moments here, the greatest fat guy accomplishments on field in Bill's history. Yep. Uh, we'll start with one that came up earlier in the show. What's that? The Kyle Williams touchdown against the Dolphins that ended the drought. Oh, yeah. Now, it wasn't the most athletic because he just ran forward. Right. It was from the two, right? Maybe even from the one. But it meant a lot, of course, right? That was that play. I thought that was the end of his career, and then he ended up coming back for another. Like it was almost like he told everyone, "Guys, I'm <laughs> retiring. All right, it's kind of a touchdown. Hey, that was fun. Let's do it again. Let's run it back." Uh, where would you rank that in the pantheon of fat guy greatest fat guy moments of Bill's history?
1: Oh, man, you know, I think the it's hard to rank it. I think it's, it's. It, I agree with your, your take in that it was a pivotal moment and something that we're going to remember forever, especially with the context around what happened with that game and, and just the Bills making the playoffs and breaking the drought. I would argue, though, if we're going to talk about Kyle Williams mm-hmm. and Fat Guy moments, sure. the more impressive one to me was the following season, week 17, against the Dolphins at home, Kyle Williams' last game. Where he out of the backfield, I believe it was from a fullback position, caught a pass from Josh Allen and got a first down <laughs> like that. That is way more impressive and athletic, like change ball, like changes the ball from his inside hand to his outside hand. Tried to throw a stiff arm like he was getting a first down at that point.
0: Here's the problem. If you're a fat guy that doesn't score a touchdown it doesn't register in people's minds if yeah. you don't remember it and the proof of that is that the second one we have Sam Adams uh, opening day interception for a touchdown and was it 2005 4 I thought I thought it was 2003 okay, was that, wasn't
1: be. that the I think that was the year that we waxed the Patriots in week At 1
0: 31-3 after they won the Super yeah, Bowl yeah I'm pretty
1: sure that was it and that was uh, two,
0: or uh, yeah maybe it was 2004 could you google real quick uh, Sam Adams height and weight because I should have gotten that before he is he was a guy that didn't even look like a football player like that's how big Sam Adams was like he was just just shapes with a football helmet on to the point where the inside of his cleats were like tilting in. You know what I mean? Like when you remember when you yeah. were like, uh, uh, both of us being little fat kids, uh-huh. all right, what do we got? Um,
1: We have, first of all, do you know how old Sam Adams is? How is he? Old? 50 years old. Well, Yeah. That's what happens. We're old. It's crazy, but it's crazy to think like that doesn't feel like all that long, even though it was a Jersey iteration ago, which seems like forever ago. Sure. Um, Sam Adams, as per pro football reference, is six, three, 350 pounds. Three fifty. Three and fifty. Three and a half.
0: Ball gets batted up in the air out of Brady's hand. He picks it off while he's running. He had a seven, what was it? 60-70 yard pick six yeah yeah on opening day. It made the cover of sports illustrated. Yeah. Him just <laughs> down the and, field. And I'm sorry,
1: dude, this is in the in a time where like for anyone who's younger who's not clearly not listening to the show because what's the appeal? But for those who are are not familiar, like there has been a change in the body composition and makeup of interior defensive linemen yes. over the last, let's say, 10 years. This is way before that. Because if you think of defensive linemen right now, you think of Aaron Donald. You think of Ed Oliver. You think of these interior, like, jacked, built dudes. Sure. Sure. There was not very long ago where it was literally just the fattest person you could find, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, like you still had to be athletic, you still had to be like you did, you worked it at you know perfecting your craft as a football player. But think of people like Vince Wilfork, Sam
0: Adams, yeah. Sam Gash, yeah, like well, these, Sam Gash wasn't a defensive tackle; that guy was legitimately athletic. You're thinking more Ted Washington, I, I think, yeah, Williams, te- yeah, 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 like we're talking Kevin Williams,
1: like guys who needed to have like jersey onesies in order for them to stay tucked in. Oh, no, that's a which a real is thing. A, real that's thing. a real thing. A real thing. Vince Wilfork needed a, a buttons on the bottom of his uh of his jersey in order for it to stay tucked in. And there was a poor coaching assistant that had to help him get that both on and off.
0: Terrible. Could you imagine? Cuz like, you know, there's like a, you know, the equipment guy. Your job is to go between Vince Wilfork's crotch after he just played a football game and unbutton his onesie. Oh my god, dude. And then you got to powder his bottom. Right. It's all so glorious. Where do we rank the, uh, you remember Jason Peters? Yeah, of course. So he's going to be a Hall of Fame. I still
1: remember Jason Peters because he's still in the league.
0: (laughs) He's hurt. (laughs) Uh, He's going to be a Hall of Fame tackle most of his career in Philadelphia, but he started his career in Buffalo. Yep. Yep, undrafted free agent. He was taken, assigned as an undrafted free agent as a tight end and moved to offensive tackle. But yep. again, if you want to win a bar bet in Western New York, he caught J.P. Lossman's first ever touchdown pass opening day 2005, five, sure. six against the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. Wearing number 71. Yep. Number 71 in your programs. Number one in one. your hearts. Tackle eligible and touchdown Six catch. on the scoreboard. Where do we rank Jason Peters touchdown catch from J.P. Loss? I mean, I think it's top five for sure. I, I would say top
1: three. I think for me, number one overall is the Sam Adams. Race, yeah, it's hard. You know. to.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the significance of beating that team, opening day, the promise of that year, the fact that he made it as far as he did. Yeah. The Kyle Williams one. The touchdown, I would say, for me is number two. Yeah. Okay, so we have that. Are we going to count? I mean, I don't want to use recency bias here. If we're talking about athletic, and you did bring up the fact the difference between the D-tackles of the past versus the D-tackles of today. Yeah. Ed Oliver's interception against the Patriots. Yeah. Like, that man, that was, like, Olympic gymnastics team athletic.
1: Yeah, what he I mean, he, I said it at the time. Like, he full-penciled in the air, you know, and, and just reached out and just stabbed the ball. What makes fat guy moments so great? I mean, the juxtaposition of, of where you find, like, look at that big guy rumble. And and like the the broadcast people love it too. Like I mean, you can go on YouTube and search "big guy touchdown" or big, "fat guy moments" in the NFL, and you're gonna hear like you know old school broadcasts be like, "He's rumbling, he's stumbling, the earth is shattering," like real mean things. <laughs> <laughs> He's carried it like a loaf of bread, <laughs> you know. Like, like what was that? Like, I think back to like, um, like what was the uh, Patriots guard who, on the kick return? Like, it got to him. And oh, he, like he got picked all, it up and just kept yeah, like, but literally, he was carrying it like it was a loaf of bread. <laughs> um, yeah, like those those moments because they stand out so crazy. And this obviously isn't um. Uh, like it, it was a great defensive play, but offensive defense. But Leon Lett chasing down um, uh, Don
0: Beebe chasing down Leon. Lett.
1: Uh, no, I, I'm no, I'm thinking of someone else. Uh, there was a tackle for the. Um, oh, it was Larry Allen? Larry running Allen. Down. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. running down um,
0: after uh, interception and just showing his like complete crazy athleticism. Well, and I think that's what I think that has more to do with it. Is you don't fully appreciate because one yeah, yeah, you're not watching the. Uh, Most NFL fans are not watching the linemen battle against each other, right? Right. So you don't fully appreciate the athleticism of these guys until they are now out on a pedestal, and they're very rarely on a pedestal. So to see... Uh, you know, Sam Adams at 350 pounds runs 60 yards and not get caught. To see Puna Ford making that key block to spring a guy at 310 pounds. Oh, okay, great Puna Ford. Right? <laughs> Kyle Williams, you know, the catches, the touchdowns, you're right. I think I, I think that's more of it. It's like, wow, I didn't appreciate the athleticism it takes.
1: And I'm pretty sure Kyle Williams picked off Jake Cutler at one point in his career. Yeah, too. but
0: I, I think I picked off Jake Cutler <laughs> at one point in his career. <laughs> Got him! All right! Playoff game one. Oh boy. Hopefully the uh predecessor to playoff game two. Ooh, oh gosh. Those are favorite. Heavy. Heavy. Right. But weather could uh, throw a wrench in that hole. We'll get to it. So let's go, Duffalo, the Odyssey Apple Beach podcast. It's what we prayed for, Ryan. Uh... Home playoff game against the worst remaining team in the playoffs lowest ranked well i mean if you're lowest ranked you're the worst meaning team lowest ranked is there a team worse than the steelers right now i there's no worse Oh, shut up i'm not i'm not going down that road don't do this to me let's go duffalo the odyssey Apple Beach podcast uh he's ryan duffy my name Hi. is pat duffy as we record this show it's wednesday yes uh the bills are 10 point favorites yikes at home against the pittsburgh steelers and oh, I, kno- God. I know i know that sounds like a lot however uh, there are a couple of things to consider going into this matchup. Mm-hmm. First off, the best player in Pittsburgh by far, defensive end TJ Watt, yep. will not be playing. Mm. And that's a big help to the Bills O line. And you know who their second best player is? Who's that? Troy Polamalu, who hasn't played in about <laughs> 15 years. <laughs> I love it. Hey, I ain't going to say anything. Any insult. <laughs> uh, second. Mason Rudolph is the starting quarterback for the Steelers. Yep. He began the season as their inactive third quarterback. He has won three straight games for them. Now, keep in mind, the Steelers did change their offensive coordinator as the Bills did midway through the season. Mm-hmm. But by depth chart, they're starting their third quarterback yep. against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. And the Steelers, a third quarterback
1: who also took a hit from his own helmet, <laughs> being swung overhead. Yep, I forgot. And him being yep, hit in I the head by himself. So here, if you want yeah. to talk about toughness... <laughs> I think I want the guy the guy under center is, is uh, who I want uh, who I want under center is the one who takes
0: uh, a full sandwich of uh, helmet to the top of his head the Steelers have a very similar story to the Bills this season they were at 500 at 7 and 7 Yeah, they needed to win out and get some help to get in and they won three straight which has the NFL calling them a scrappy and dangerous team house money man until you look at the Steelers schedule from the last six weeks mm, let's and take a look we'll go backwards with it you beat the Ravens, missing half their stars. Yeah,
1: okay. in a sloppy, pretty sloppy game. Okay,
0: slip, slop. They went on the road uh, for a Seattle win, which is nice. Yes, yeah. Seattle was still in the thick of it at that point. Yeah, they were, they, they, they needed, needed some help. They but weren't but. in the thick of it. They were on the edge of the thin of it. <laughs> and by the way, they uh, Pete Carroll just lost his job. Yeah, I know, so you got All that. Right. Uh, they beat Cincy with no Burrow. Yep. Uh, they lost to Indy, who ended up not being a playoff team. They were in the thick of it. <laughs> they lost to New England, which the Bills also did during the season, but right. still. Yep. And they lost to the Cardinals. Those are their last six games. Mm. I guess what I'm getting at is, like, for all the compliments the Steelers are getting for being scrappy and getting into the playoffs and the show of yeah. the resolve, they're not world beaters here. No, not on paper, no. Like, they got hot. At the same time, the schedule turned in their favor, which is the ap- opposite of what happened with the Bills. The Bills got hot when their schedule became arguably the hardest. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, the Bills ran a gauntlet to get here. And I'll be sincere, I don't know if that helps or hurts the Bills in this matchup on Sunday.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think, like, you know, if you... Uh, the, the, don't get me wrong, like, the, the, the Steelers earned their way into the playoffs by winning the game that they needed to win.
0: But Well no, they won the game and then they got cuz they they would not have made the playoffs at all. No, that's my if point. We, yeah,
1: that's my point. Like they they but but they wouldn't have gotten into the playoffs if they didn't win against Baltimore's backups. So, but they obviously needed some help to get in, as it was. And if Jacksonville didn't completely, you know, poop all over themselves, we we, we would not be talking about uh, the Steelers coming to Orange. Well, I'm, I'm of kind it. of okay with that because we, well, no, we'd be probably be seeing Indianapolis, right? Is that how it all ended? Uh, I note? think so. Yeah. Whoever they would have been, the seven and uh, the other AFC South would or Jaguars would have won the AFC South and the other uh, AFC South, whether it was Texans or uh, yeah, yeah, Colts would have uh, would have been the seven. But anyway. Um, they obviously are in the playoffs, right? But looking at their roster and over their last couple of games, I think it is it, it's it doesn't take a genius to see that like they're a bit vulnerable here. But
0: it worries me because that is a scary thought when you're going into playoff time. All right, look, there's two things you got to watch out for if you're the Bills. The Steelers have two running backs that can run the ball really well. Yep. And they can hit on a big play out of nowhere every once in a while. That's how they ended up beating Baltimore in that Super Bowl, yeah, right. Because they they put points up, but again, they put points up against bad teams. You would like to think that this Bills defense has performed so well in recent weeks that that's not going to be an issue. But yep. we've also seen. Uh, against New England, against Los Angeles, that the Bills tend to play down and up to their competition. Yeah, no, Is that that's a good fair point. statement? Yeah. And then you look at the first injury report of the week mm-hmm. uh, that came out uh, just a couple hours ago before we were taping this, and you look at the guys that did not practice. Gabe Davis did not practice yep. knee. Rasul Douglas did not practice knee. Mm. Uh, you had Damari, uh, Taylor Rapp, after that interception, did yep. not practice calf. So Gabe. His calf. You heard his calf on that interception? He might have come down on it weird. I don't know. Mm. But you got Gabe. You got Taylor Rapp. And you've and got safety. Razul Douglas. By the way, Taylor Rupp got a ton of run against the Dolphins. Yeah, right for there. sure. Yeah, I saw his play breakdown. He had like, you know, 15
1: snaps all but, overall.
0: Uh, Deion Dawkins, by the way, limited coming back from those stitches after he ripped his hand wide open. That oh shouldn't keep him from playing. Yeah, that was yucky. But Ty Johnson still it looks like he's in concussion protocol. Terrell Ty, mm-hmm. Dodson, shoulder limited. So we might okay. get Balin Spector again. Okay. Balin Spector. If you can stop the run. Yep. And you don't give up. More than one big play, Mm -hmm. you win this game. And I think you win this game by ten points. Yeah. But it's those them being able to control the clock is the scary part.
1: Yeah. I mean, if they have sustained drives on the ground, yeah, no, I could I I would agree. That would be um, you know, pretty that that would be tough to contend with, you know.
0: You know what the most interesting part is? So Mason Rudolph has started the last three games, he's won all three of them. Mm -hmm. In those games, he has yet to throw an interception. Yes, I did see that. So either he's due. Because the Bills have had five interceptions in the last two games, mm-hmm. and they've been picking the ball off even before that. Yeah. Or it's a pretty skewed
1: sample if you talk about the Bailey Zappi interceptions. I mean, he had three in that game, right? You still got him, and they were good fair, interceptions. Fair enough. Yeah. You okay. got two against Tua. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep. All right. No, and those mind. were both good interceptions. <laughs> I take that back. You're right.
0: What? Why are you that guy? I'm not. I'm just saying. Like, okay. I don't
1: want to uh, misrepresent stats, but I take it back. I, th- I, I think those are
0: well represented stats. Look, I, I'm convinced that this is the way. Like, you cannot, as a quarterback that was inactive at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. go because he played a little bit uh, four weeks ago. You're gonna go five straight weeks without turning the ball over. That seems almost impossible.
1: Yeah, in a in a uh, a hostile environment against a team that knows that that is battle tested, not only from the season, but it has been a perennial playoff team that knows what's at stake, um, that has everything to like right in front of them that they've wanted and what they've earned over the last five
0: weeks. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, it, it's a pretty uphill battle. Not to mention the Steelers season's already a success, right? If, yeah. if they lose on Sunday, you're going to have folks in Pittsburgh, although there are still folks calling for, uh, Tomlin to be fired or resign, it's ridiculous. which is insane. But, I mean, if the Steelers win, in all reality, that season is a a success for them. If the Bills lose this game, that's a massive failure. A hundred percent. A massive failure. It is. Like, I don't want to...
1: I don't know if there are such things as... I guess there are, like, trap games in in the playoffs because everyone that you're playing is obviously a playoff team. Sure. But... Um yeah no it's a little bit worrisome and that's uh, they're playing with house money the Steelers are. You know it's a success already and it's going to be a success uh at 105 on Sunday and it's going to be a success at 435 on Sunday no matter how uh how it shakes out.
0: All right so the Bills are favored by 10. Yep. Uh do the Bills win and if so do they do it by 11 points. I mean if you look at the
1: two rosters but you know between the Bills and the Steelers like not like obviously with TJ Watt out it really hampers the the identity of the Steelers. I would say whole team, like definitely the defense, but like TJ Watt is someone who can make a play to fuel the momentum for the offense or the special Good teams, call. you know? Yeah. So so I think him being down that hurts you tremendously. Uh being on your third quarterback of the season regardless of how well he's been playing, that's a that's a, a bit of a concern. And I, and I'm sorry, the Bills have been playing really solid football for the absolute most part over the second half of this season. So, I mean, I think, and on top of that, you you've earned this home game, you know, like you have done everything that you needed. Like I just said was right in front of you and you went out and you got it like that has to, that speaks volumes as far as the, the, the caliber of your team going into the postseason. But with all that said I really just don't think that it's gonna be the bill's weekend so um I'm I'm gonna I, I what you said it was 10 points 10 points um I'm I'm I don't think the bills are gonna cover I think they're gonna put up two you're gonna get a safety I think they're gonna get one safety okay um and I think that the Steelers are gonna put up uh 473 okay
0: I think the bills cover this game oh okay I think I mean they covered last week against Miami that was the first cover they had had in a couple of weeks mm-hmm the Steelers might be the most fraudulent playoff team of the last 15 years. I I say this because they have the 21st ranked... You're not talking about the 2017 Buffalo Bills? Well, no, (laughs) no, and here's why. The Pittsburgh Steelers have the 21st ranked offense, or excuse me, 21st ranked defense in the NFL, and that was before they lost TJ Watt. Uh They have the 25th ranked offense in the NFL. Both of their offenses and defenses are in the bottom quarter of the league, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, bottom third, bottom quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, like you said, you're going to come into Orchard Park, hostile environment, with Mason Rudolph as your quarterback, missing the guy that can affect the game on defense in TJ Watt. Yep. I think the Bills, as long as you don't give up a special teams play, as long as you don't give up some 60 yard bomb to one of the receivers that the steal, that rookie receiver that they got that's been playing really well all season. George Pickens. Yeah, I think it's in the bag, and I think you're good to go.
1: The one who, when we were talking about the last talking into the streets, and you were like, "Who would you want on the team?"
0: and I said George Pickens. You were like,
1: oh, "George Pickens." Oh, this is George Pickens. He didn't make
0: heat. Okay, the game of their year where it was against Baltimore the other night. Mm-hmm. I watched it. He had what two catches? Eh, whatever. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. We'll see you on Sunday. All right, come find me. I'll be there. So Give me kiss. Shut up. Why do you do that? Ryan will be at the game on Sunday. Go. Woo! Do not find him. But yeah, he'd be the one in the Bills jersey with a weight problem. <laughs> so look for him. <laughs> and, Shut up! And if you want to catch Ryan's hot takes on the Bills and no other knowledge, watch him tread water on every other topic. <laughs> Bye, time. For two hours and 45 minutes. You can catch Ryan uh, on the Sports Bar here at Rochester, 95.7 FM, 9.50 AM. You can catch it on the Odyssey app, 95.7 The Fan. Yep, on uh, uh, Tuesday on the 16th from 3 to 6. And if you are listening to this after it airs, you can go back on the Odyssey app. Oh, that's and, fun. Yep, catch A rewind. the
1: show because, uh, you know, Ryan, he's so good at this. You can also find us on uh, TikTok at Let's lets.go.duffalo and Instagram at let's.go.duffalo. Hit.
0: His name is Ryan Duffy. Bye. My name is Pat Duffy. We will see you hopefully next week as we talk about a brand new playoff game to get ready for. But before we go, go Bills.